Welcome to the Gifted to Give podcast. I am Brother Gian. If you're new to podcasting, you're in the right place. I can't wait to share to all of you how wonderful God is as we celebrate the 500 years of Christianity in the Philippines. Good day, listeners. We have once again Monsignor Achilles Dakai as he will preach and teach to us the good news of the gospel for this Sunday, August 29, 2021. We have a great number of listeners downloads, and interactions. We at Gifted to Give Podcast would like to thank everyone for their support. And now, without further ado, please join us in welcoming Monsignor Achilles Dakai. Good morning to all of you. Once more, it's Friday. We love Fridays, don't we? And so today, we say, Miss Friday, here we come. But before anything else, it may interest you to know that today, August 27, is now the feast day of Santa Monica, that mother who spent many years in prayer and shed many tears of penance for the conversion of her son, Augustine, from sinner to saint. I say now because this feast day used to be celebrated on May 4 in the parish of Pinamungahan as their patron saint. May 4, Pinamungahan was erected a parish in 1850 and I'll Cannot forget this because Pinamungahan is the mother parish of Balamban, my hometown, founded in 1857. So in between Pinamungahan and Balamban, in seven years, there was no Aloginsan, there was no Toledo. So Pinamungahan, Balamban, mother or daughter parish. Precisely... The feast day of Santa Monica as mother of Augustine was transferred to today so that mother and son would be together again. Like the Immaculate Heart of Mary of Minglanilla on August 22 has been transferred to June next to the Sacred Heart of Jesus so that Mary the mother would be once again together with her son So that's that. So tomorrow is precisely the feast day of St. Augustine. And St. Augustine we know in this Archdiocese of Cebu is the patron saint of at least, I remember very well, four parishes. Alcantara in the south, Carmen in the north, Santa Rosa in Lapu-Lapu, and Magsico San Fernando in Cebu. So that's that. Today, Friday... Tomorrow, Saturday, and then the next day, Sunday. It's the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle B. As we have been trying to do, we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel, Cycle B. But together, we read and reflect on the cycle A gospel according to Matthew as well as on the 
Cycle C Gospel according to St. Luke. So again, I take the liberty to join the three Gospels because I see a point of convergence. The three of them, they meet, they run along the same continuum. And I see this point as a point of relevance to our present-day Christian living. So here we have, therefore, Mark chapter 7, starting from 21 to 28, then Matthew chapter 16, from 21 to 23, and Luke chapter 14, from 7 to 14. So before we ask Miss Chilean to read for us the gospel according to Mark, let us pray. Almighty Father, send your Holy Spirit upon us that we may read with faith your word and reflect on it with hope and realize it with love, following your only Son, from whom we find freedom, fulfillment, and the future with you forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Miss Vistel, take it away. When the Pharisees with some scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they observed that some of his disciples ate their meals with unclean, that is, unwashed hands. For the Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, do not eat without carefully washing their hands, keeping the tradition of all the elders. And on oncoming from the marketplace, they do not eat without purifying themselves. And there are many other things that they have traditionally observed, the purification of cups and jugs and kettles and beds. So the Pharisees and scribes questioned him, Why do your disciples not follow the tradition of the elders, but instead eat a meal with unclean hands? He responded, Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you hypocrites, as it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines human precepts. You disregard God's commandment, but cling to human tradition. He summoned the crowd again and said to them, Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. Okay, thank you very much, Dilian. So, let's first start with St. Mark. St. Mark has recorded 
what Jesus said, that there are several evil thoughts and evil things that come from inside, from one's heart, and uh, defile the person. There are actually about 12 of them that, is, that are mentioned by St. Mark. Unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, and folly. I'd like to focus our reflection on this 11th evil, arrogance. Arrogance is not just pride. And why did I choose this? Because the antidote to arrogance is found in the Gospel for Cycle A according to Matthew when Jesus said, Whoever wants to come after me must deny himself. The antidote to arrogance is self-denial according to Matthew. But according to Lucas, the antidote to arrogance is humility. Whoever wants to exalt himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. So here we have a point of convergence. We have the, ad, the arrogance and then the self-denial and humility. But immediately may I make it clear that we take arrogance here as well as self-denial and humility only in matters religious, not therefore in the area of economics nor in the arena of politics, but only on the altar of religion. Let me explain that. In the area of economics, they say that it pays to be arrogant to make more profit, more than enough profit in business. And in the arena of politics, they say it pays to be somehow arrogant to make, to take more than enough power in government. But not so in matters religious on the altar of religion. Who therefore is arrogant? A person is arrogant who is not only proud but also disdainful. He is not only boastful, he is also snobbish. In Cebuano we say, an arrogant person is not only mapahitason, hinawayon pagyod. That's arrogance. An arrogant person is a great pretender. But we won't talk about that. I'd rather say more and more about self-denial and humility as antidotes to arrogance. Self-denial is self-abasement. To deny oneself, to say no to self and yes 
to God. It's not to deny yourself something, no. It's to deny yourself. And Jesus, who has been teaching us with authority and by example, he gave us an example of self-denial. When he found himself in the Garden of Gethsemane, while he was agonizing, he prayed to the Father. He said, My Father, if it is possible, take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not my will, but thine be done. That's self-denial. Not what I want, but what you want. Self-denial. Mary of Nazareth, after the Annunciation, after the angel Gabriel announced that she would conceive and bear a son, Mary humbled him herself enough to ask, How can this be done when I am not living with Joseph yet? And when she was assured that all this would be by the working of the Holy Spirit, she denied herself and said, Be it done to me according to your word. That's humility and self-denial. You take Thomas the Apostle. Jesus was telling the disciples that I am going to Jerusalem. Then you know the way. It was Thomas who was humble enough to admit, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And when he was assured, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he just denied himself. This is, therefore, we have, these are the examples of self-denial and humility. At every Mass, at the beginning of every Mass, we humble ourselves with the sign of the cross because we are redeemed by Christ on the cross. And when we are reminded by the presider that we, we begin to be saved at our baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we humbly say loud and clear, Amen. We accept that we are baptized into a church. That is denial of oneself and humility. During the Mass, during the liturgy of the word, we stand up to hear the gospel read, proclaimed, and listen to the homily for all its worth. It takes a lot of humility to do that. And during the liturgy of the Eucharist, after humbly admitting that we are not worthy to receive your Lord, we stand up, we stand up, and together, or each one says, Amen to the body of Christ. And when the Mass is ended, when we go forth, we are challenged to be humble and to deny oneself to precisely take home the peace of Christ. Go forth in peace. And it takes a lot of humility to make peace anchored on truth, justice, love, and freedom. So that's that. We have at Mass all the opportunities to deny ourselves and to practice 
humility because these antidotes to arrogance they need practice there are many other examples of this but I expect you to precisely ask me questions about this and that so I pause for some of your reflections at once arrogance versus self-denial and humility Good Friday morning Monsignor As read by Sister Jillian There are at least 15 evil that can make a person unclean How does the evil of arrogance make one unclean? Okay Thank you, Sister Arlene, for reading for us the first question. How does the evil of arrogance make a person unclean, defiles? How does it defile a person? You know, arrogance has been compared to leprosy. An arrogant person is like a leper, but with a difference. A leper was mandated to shout, Unclean! Keep away from me! Keep safe distancing! But an arrogant person need not shout because an arrogant person, in the way he walks and in the way he talks, is easily detected to be boastful and snobbish to be disdainfully proud. Mapahitason o hinawayon. Remember the parable of the Pharisee and the publican. Both of them went to the temple to pray. The Pharisee went straight to the altar and boasted about his achievements. And at the same time, he despised the publican behind him. That's being disdainful and proud at the same time. Remember that only St. Luke has recorded the parable of the arrogant guest. The arrogant guest in the parable, once he enters into the banquet hall, goes straight to the presidential table until the host says, Will you please give this place to someone else. So there you are. A, an arrogant person is like a leper, unclean, easily detected in the way he talks and in the way he walks. I have a question, Monsignor. How else do we practice the virtue of humility during the Holy Mass? I know. I have just cited a few instances where you can show self-denial and humility at Mass. But there are occasions when you are tempted to show arrogance. One, when the offertory part of the Mass comes along, you take off your wallet and you choose the paper or the sincere 
Then if it's 100 or 500, you show it all and you drop it sa bucket. Pero kung sinsiyo ganeas tang kamot, isod sa basket. That's arrogance. The other form of arrogance I notice in this archdiocese, the policy of receiving Holy Communion is stand up. Stand up either straight sa mouth or on the palm, on the hands. But there is always one who wants to make a difference. She kneels. I hope it is sincere devotion. But she may be tempted to say, look, I am different. I am more pious than you are. I have more reverence than you are. I kneel down. But that to me is not humility. It's arrogance. Follow the general policy of the parish, of the archdiocese. Stand up. So those at least are some occasions when you have to practice self-denial and humility. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. Can someone be arrogant in the fields of economics and politics but be humble in religion or the altar? <laughs> I have tried to explain this already that on the altar of religion you are denying yourself and you are humble before God. You see, in matters religious, God enters into the picture. But in the area of economics, as well as in the arena of politics, it's only the businessmen and the politicians. And so, they say that they can afford to be humble, to be arrogant, to make more profit than usual in business, and to take more power as usual in politics, in government. That's true, but we are not talking about that. We are talking about religious matters where you can be arrogant or self-denying or self-abased. Near, how to deal with an arrogant person? For me, I just ignore but sometimes, makalagot good. That's right. You see, in Cebuano, an arrogant person is maot. Maot, nagpakaaroon ing nun. Hambog, unya, hinawayon. You can easily detect a person who is pre pretending to be other than he or she is. So, if we are trying to be converted from sinner to saint, like St. Augustine, let us practice our will to say no and to say yes to God. You know, you know how this is practiced? The church laws on abstinence and fasting are good opportunities for us to train our willpower to say no. Let me explain this. Fasting, meaning we eat eight times. <laughs> we eat eight times in 24 hours. Painit, pamahaw, merienda, paniyodto, merienda, halak, paniyapon, kunyanay, 
Cutting, midnight snacks. Fasting means you say no to all the rest and say yes only to one full meal that can sustain you the whole day. That's fasting, to say no and to say yes to only one. The same with abstinence. You have bought delicious meat from Monday to, to Tuesday. But Wednesday na as Wednesday, you are told, do not cook that meat. It is yours, it is delicious, but just say no to it. Why? Because saying no to self will help you keep the commandments of God. Because to sin is to say yes to self and no to God. And to be good is to say yes to God and no to self. So, Abstinence and fasting are good opportunities for us to train our willpower to say no to something delicious, to something ours. If you are assigned as a cashier in a store, money is delicious, but it's not yours. So if you are tempted to steal, you say, I did not even steal I did not even take my own meat or meal. The same, if you are the secretary of a boss and you are delicious, if the master, the boss wants to, then the boss who has the willpower to say no, he said, I do not do this with her because I did not even do that to my meat, to my meal. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. You have said that the remedy, the antidote to arrogance is self-denial. How do we practice self-denial? As we have said, the law on fasting and abstinence is a great opportunity for us to train our will. And just remember, you know who was the first arrogant person in the whole creation? Lucifer. Lucifer was an angel created by God to precisely carry, to carry the light. Lucifer, carrier bringing of light. But Lucifer became so arrogant that he wanted to become like God at once. And Saint Michael the Archangel said, Who is like God? And he fought Lucifer. And Lucifer became Satan, the opposition, or devil, the liar. Another example, in the book of Genesis, you read about the Tower of Babel. In that town, the people wanted to reach heaven by building a tower. So, year after year, they built a tower. When the tower reached the height of 60 feet to intimidate the enemies, you know, God sent them a variety of languages and they could not understand each other. And the work of building stopped then and there. A lesson on arrogance, the Tower of Babel. It is said that too much humility is pride. How do we avoid this? Humility is precisely to thine own self be true, according to William Shakespeare. 
Be true to yourself. You are a creature, not a creator. You are redeemed, not the redeemer. You are the baptized into the church. You are not the church. So be true to yourself. If you have limits, admit them. If you have talents, accept them. But if you are complimented because of what you have done, you know, we Filipinos, when we are confronted with such compliment as we say, instead of accepting the gift of God, say, thank God. I know of a friend. He and his friend, classmate, passed the bar third and fourth places. So they were congratulated. But one said, In other words, instead of accepting and thanking God for giving them that honor, you see, a humble person, an arrogant person, claims he is entitled to a favor, to a fame, and to a fortune. But no, even salvation is unmerited gift of God to us. Our topic now seems to be a bit difficult since there is a line for economic and political areas versus our spiritual parlance. Please give us some general guide to make a happy integration so we can become holy as this is our goal so we can reach our home when our life ends. That's true. Thank you, Monsignor. That's true. Stay That's very, safe. very true. Bastin, you have already touched on this. So add the discussion na lang. Thanks. Vital. Vital. But that's it. I have found this point of convergence also a point of relevance to us now. We, of course, look around and we see businessmen and politicians, especially now that election is coming. I remember one politician Dao said, we are all in the same boat, my friends. But what he actually meant was, I shall be the captain and you shall be the rowers. The same boat, pero big difference. He the leader and we the followers. Good morning, Monsignor. Good morning. When you say that your religion is the true religion and the others are not, is that arrogance? No. Arrogance, I repeat, is when you accept a title and claim that you are entitled to it. If you are baptized into the one holy Catholic apostolic church and you firmly believe that this is the only church, the other churches you know are not therefore the one holy Catholic apostolic church. But do not despise them. Do not disdain them. Do not be slubbish, snobbish to them. You can boast of your religion without being snobbish to others. We know that this is a problem that only God can solve. The division of the Christianity 
of the Christian churches among themselves. Why there is one Holy Catholic Church and why there are other churches. But in the meantime, we need not disdain, we need not despise, we need not be snobbish to others. Self-denial and humility are great antidotes to arrogance. Thanks, Monsignor, for this enlightenment. How can a person in authority or in power, say for example a priest, realize that power is for service to all, not for self-interest? Even in listening, listening to a homily, the faithful, the listeners, can detect how sincere the priest is. What is your advice to the priest in giving homily based on truth, justice, love, okay. and freedom? Very good. Very good question. Because we priests also must deny ourselves and be humble. I'll tell you a story. This may just be a story, but it is actually true to life. There was a concelebrated mass. In fact, a pontifical mass, the bishop was there. But this priest was invited to preach during the concelebrated mass. He did not participate in the concelebration. The priest was in the sacristy reviewing his papers, and then the sacristan asked him, Father, what is that? He said, this is the sermon that I'm going to give them. So he practiced his sermon in the sacristy. Once the gospel was read by another priest, this priest entered the, sac the sanctuarium, asked the blessing from the bishop, and with high, high head, proud, he went to the pulpit. As he arranged his papers on the pulpit, the first page was all right, all right. But then, at that point in time, the sacristan placed an electric fan behind the priest and the electric fan blew the papers from the pulpit to the ground. And the poor preacher continued extemporaneously without his papers. It was a lousy sermon. And he went down with bowed head and the sacristan met him, said, Father, if you had come down, if you had gone up as you came down, you would have come down as you went up. Meaning, if you had come down, went up humbly, you would have come down proud. And now you are humbled, and not exalted. So that's it. We please also must try to deny ourselves. If we have talents, thank God. If we have limitations, accept them. Mons, I pray the litany of humility, and to be honest, it's very difficult to follow. If humility is the antidote to arrogance, I need to practice some more. Please include us in your prayers. That's right. Practice. 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 Train your willpower to say no to yourself 
and then yes to God. Actually, this is what we have been trying to explain when we, we say we must observe an order of priorities. God before any man, faith above reason, and spirit over matter. We're not teaching anything new. This has been the teaching of the church throughout the years. Remember, behind every fall is arrogance. Behind every fall is pride with disdain. Mapaitason hinawayon pagyod. St. Paul says, if you fall humbly, rise with the help of God's mercy. If you stumble, be humble to get up by, with the help of God's mercy. When you are trying to say the truth or being frank as well, arrogant na ba na mons? Salamat kaayo. If you tell the truth about yourself and about others, you are being true to yourself. You have accepted your limitations and you have admitted your talents. There's nothing wrong with it. Tell the truth. But I repeat, you do not have to be snobbish. You do not have to disdain, to despise others while you are on a pedestal. Nior, there are some prelates, even bishop, that has very high regard of themselves. What they preach is totally opposite to what they do or say. How to deal with them? Ang tao na dili lawom o pagsabot, ma-discourage good. Mamalhin sa lain na pagtuo. Nyor, there are some prelates, even bishop, that very has that has very high regard of themselves. What they preach is totally opposite to what they do or say. Well, How to deal with them? Ang tao na dili lawom o pagsabot, ma-discourage good. Mamalhin sa lain na pagtuo. That's, that's, that's very true. An arrogant priest or bishop may just say high-faluting words and people won't understand. So better be simple, be short and be straightforward in your homilies. You don't have to use big words. Just be simple, be short and be straightforward. People will love you for that. What can you advise to politicians are very arrogant. Their arrogance has misled many of their followers that has destroyed or brainwashed many of our citizens. That's true. Have you tried giving an advice to a politician who is arrogant? <laughs> As I Would have you said. say those who speak out of their disbelief on vaccination to be arrogant? Yeah. We also have to educate ourselves as voters as electors, we should know already who is ignorant, arrogant, who is humble, who is denying himself. We have just said that in the arena of politics, they say it pays to be arrogant or else people won't vote for you, won't elect you. 
But that, I repeat, I hope just in the arena of politics, not as a character trait, that he really is not that arrogant as a person, a religious person on the altar of religion. What would you say those who speak out of their disbelief on vaccination to be arrogant? Mm, I, I, I repeat, I repeat, you can be legitimately proud of your talents as long as you toss it up to God. Thanks be to God. Kita laging mga Pinoy, daigon ganita, dayon naman tag-ingog, we don't know how to toss it up to God. The Blessed Virgin Mary was very humble. God has done great things to me, but my soul magnifies the Lord. You see, she was humble to admit that all generations would call her blessed, and yet my Savior, Jesus, is my Savior. For someone who is starting to read and study the Bible, which book do you suggest to begin with? How to do suggest to go about this, to start, to nurture, to progress? No better way, no better way than following what our Commission on Liturgy has assigned us to read day after day. But in our Bible study online, we have only tried to study the Sunday Gospel. But I have tried to study the Gospel for cycle B with cycle A and cycle C because I see a point of convergence and a point of relevance. I'll keep on doing it. Remember, from this Sunday on, we shall be reading the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark until until November 14, the Sunday before Christ the King. So for several Sundays, we shall be reading the Gospel according to St. Mark, but again with me, together with Matthew and Luke. What do you mean by cycles? What do you mean by? Cycles. Title? Cycle A, cycle B. Liturgical Some people think that they are entitled to this or to that. They claim that they are entitled to a favor, to a fame, and to a fortune. Some people think that they should therefore be treated as an arrogant guest. No. Once you are in matters religious, on the altar of religion, I repeat, just be yourself, created by God, redeemed by Christ, and baptized into the church, and people will know who you are. I remember when Cardinal Vidal nominated us to be awarded the papal awards of proto-notary apostolic PA. He, in his sermon, said, Don't you believe that the papal award is a reward for what you have been or what you have done? No. But I tell you, if you receive it with humility in the way you talk and in the way you walk, you will be clearly seen as 
accepting with all humility this award. And it's very true. The People Awards have changed the way we talk and improved the way we walk. Previous question, he was asking about the cycles. The cycles. Dubai? Cycles, the liturgical cycles of the year, ba? Sa cycle A, B, and C. Oh, cycle, the cycle. Yes, that's what he, he meant. That was he was asking question. That? The previous question, what do you mean by cycles? <laughs> he was asking you to explain you the cycle A, cycle B, cycle Our B. church through its commission on liturgy has divided the Gospels. You know before when the Mass was in Latin all the Gospels were according to St. Matthew all throughout the year only Secundum Matthew. But the Church then has decided to also read from the Gospel according to Matthew, then cycle A, then according to St. Mark, cycle B, according to St. Luke, cycle C. These are all cycles. You start from Christ the King, then season of Advent, then Christmas, then season of Lent, then Easter, then back to Christ the King. That's the cycle. Our year is not linear, January to December, no. Our year is circular, from Christ the King back to Christ the King. So Christ the King is the apex of the circle, the Alpha and the Omega. But the fact that the Church has assigned for this coming Sunday, for example, the 22nd Sunday in Ordinary Time, Cycle B, the fact that they have assigned Cycle A, then Cycle C, Cycle C next year, and the next year Cycle A. But I have tried to see a point of convergence between the four. So we have said enough, and we say thank you, Lord, for this time and space for knowing you more clearly, to love you more dearly, and to follow you more closely. And so we end with this prayer. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you and goodbye. I'll see you again next Friday. Wow, that was an amazing talk given by Monsignor Achilles Dakai. We are so grateful for the Lord for sending Monsignor Dakai to share God's word to all of us. We would like to thank again Monsignor Achilles Dakai and also to our heartfelt gratitude goes to all of you who joined, interacted, and asked a question for Monsignor Dakai. Hear more from Monsignor Dakai again next weekend. This is once again the Gifted to Give podcast for your ears only. I am Brother Guillen signing off. 
Have a blessed Sunday to all, and to God be the glory. You have just listened to the Gifted to Give podcast with your host, Brother Gian, Brother John, and Father Jojo. Catch our next episode. This episode of the Gifted to Give podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to our Facebook page at 500 Years of Christianity, Archdiocese of Cebu. If you love the Gifted to Give podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review everywhere you listen to your podcast. Till next time, 